Welcome, everybody. You meet in a tavern, episode 14. You meet in a tavern presents Void, episode 14. One off with Kirk, Brian in the corner, aka Mortimer Finch, and we are getting started. Real quick, give me a rundown of what you remember from episode 12, because uh, uh, I've made everybody else do it, and we, it's been interesting. We destroyed the cavern of terror, uh, all the Transformers, whatever. We escaped the Chaco Mountain. Uh, we rode the Pelippers back. Base was uh, like being super evacuated. Everybody went their own way. I don't remember who June went with. I don't remember who Jimmy went with, but Mortimer went with Guy. Gee, Guy Lyle. Uh, that is spot on. So uh, Jamal went with uh, a new character to you, Mamochi, and uh, uh, June went with uh, Amelia, the void aerialist with the Pelippers. So uh, as, as uh, Guy Lyle, I think he said he pulls up on a motorcycle with a sidecar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he, he tells you to just toss all your stuff in uh, one of the, the side pouches. Um and you, uh, you sit down, and as soon as you put on the helmet, you guys speed off. He's kind of shouting over the wind. We have to make it to the edge of Fort Cinnabar. It's been completely shut down since your mission there. And from there, we can ride my Pokemon over to Johto and continue our escape. So you guys are just flying down this uh, the viaduct that you that you uh, have traversed before at a much better clip than uh, <laughs> when you guys were on the Dodrio. Or maybe just same speed, maybe a little faster. As you pull up to the familiar fence, uh, you notice the entire building uh, that was there has been burned to the ground. The fence is destroyed and that um, air tower has fallen and the whole island as a whole has been razed. As uh, as the gate, as he kind of pushes through the gate with the, the motorcycle, the crumpled gate rides over it, uh, he, he just mentions to you that you'll be pushing off uh, on the southern side of the island. Tears through the rubble, and he's making his way across the island. Um, and you notice to your right a particularly large cinder and ash pile that's still burning and brighter, brighter than anything else on the island. Um, and make a perception check, please. Four. You take a, a, a hard look at this uh, this pile of large cinders and uh, this ash pile uh, that's burning just brighter. So it's already caught your attention. You just kind of squint and look a little harder. And uh, out of whether it's intuition or because uh, you just know the watch, you point your watch at it at the at the clump of uh, ash and embers, and uh, the watch fires up. Send a quill protects itself by flaring up the flames on its back. The flames are vigorous if the Pokemon is angry. However, if it is tired, the flames sputter fitfully with incomplete combustion. And almost as, like, on cue as the, uh, as your watch, uh, finishes that statement, you actually see the, 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 how it was burning bright actually just starts to almost dissipate almost immediately. Guy, guy, once he hears the watch goes off, he slams on the brakes on the bike and he hops off. He says, uh, go, go check that out. I'll, I'll, I'll make sure nothing comes up on us. I, uh, I mean, uh, okay. Mortimer, like, hops out and starts running towards this little thing on the ground. So as you come up, you see this tan and, uh, kind of dark blue, uh, Pokemon that's kind of it's almost like it's buried itself in a little bit of ash to try and keep its body warm uh, the combustion that the watch just told you about 
It's almost not exist non-existent. It's like it's like flickering in and out um, of its behind. Not a lot of uh, not a lot of power there. You might be tired. And as you get closer, um, you notice that this Pokemon is very critically injured. Um, so I'm going to first have you do uh, an investigation check on the on the Cyndaquil. Seven. You can't really tell the extent of uh, this Pokemon's uh, physical damage, but it is uh, unlike anything you've seen. Even when Nose Pass got shot at, when you guys have seen Pokemon take hits, it's it's different than that, and it, it seems to be impeding it quite a bit. Hey, that's got to be them, right? Hey, you freeze! Guy Lyle snaps on his heel and turns to you. You keep helping out the little one. I'll cover you. Point and shoot, right? <laughs> so he slides behind the motorcycle um, as just suddenly a barrage of bullets uh, rain down uh, on the bike and at, at Guy. And he pulls a, pulls a Pokeball and he tosses it over the bike towards where the shots are coming from. All right, Cloyster. Aurora Beam. And there is just chaos that is that is beginning to, to sprout uh, by Guy Lyle, the motorcycle. Now he's on, he's thrown his Pokemon out. Um, but you've got this damaged Cyndaquil in front of you, this fairly hurt Cyndaquil, and um, the heat is on. What will you do with this Cyndaquil? Um, doesn't seem like it might... It's, it's set to be moved based on just your quick initial assessment. So maybe give us a medicine check there, nurse. Rolling hot. Rolling hot today. Uh, six. Uh, so you poke and prod at, uh, at the Cyndaquil, and it just releases a shrill, and it, it tries to kind of bury itself uh, uh, more uh, into the, the, this ash and timbers, but doesn't have enough strength to, to run away or even uh, you know attack you or scare you away. Um, it, but it is kind of whimpering away from your touch. Seeing, seeing it as, you know, kind of poked, poked and pride a little bit, seeing how it injured it is, I'm going to run back to the motorcycle and grab a potion. Okay. Um, Guy Lyle yells back over, over his shoulder, how's it going over there? And he's just, Cloyster, another Aurora Beam! And he's, you can kind of, as you see, kind of running up to the bike, you see this large shell-like Pokemon uh, that is just firing um, this dazzling gleam of like light blue. Uh, it's like a, almost like a light blue laser, kind of uh, out in the distance as two uh, MPs have taken cover, but are still shooting over their cover at the cloister and guy. Uh, but he has turned to you and said, "How's it going back there?" I, um, I, it's going, it's going uh, great. I am just uh, back to grab this uh, potion. Um, and then, uh, you know, it, it'll maybe another 10 minutes or so and we'll be good. Uh, you're doing great. Hurry up, old man. And, and he's just back to shouting orders and the other and just more bullets kind of rain down. Um, as you make your way, uh, back towards, or I presume you're going back towards Syndicate. Well, I guess you sh I should have you tell me that. Um, uh, as you go back, just, uh, make a quick dex check. Uh, on your way back towards Cyndaquil. 18. 
uh, you you are uh, whether it's deftly or, or or just bad aim, your your uh, run back towards Cyndaquil left leaves you uh, unimpeded by the shots raining down and the action that you just left. So you are now back in front of Cyndaquil, and um, you kind of feel like Guy Lyle might be losing a little ground uh, to to the. Uh, the MPs that are firing upon him. So you feel like maybe there's a, a little bit less time than you might have thought to, to take care of this Cyndaquil. Um, all, all right, little buddy. Uh, gonna have to give you this and, and start start moving. Hope that uh, hope that everything uh, goes okay. And he pops the top on the potion, pours it down the Cyndaquil's throat, and then kind of starts scooping up the Cyndaquil as gently as possible to try and pick it up and start moving towards the motorcycle. Okay, so um, give me roll the um, the heal factor of that potion. I'm pretty sure it's uh, you know two d something plus something. Two d four plus two is what I found. Yep, that would be ten. Two fours. Great. Um, Cyndaquil, uh, the the flame on its uh, on its behind just like <laughs> like sparks a couple not sparks but. Uh, um, flickers a couple times and then it seems to start roaring back to life but the Cyndaquil still whimpers at your touch um, does not still looks pretty banged up despite the potion again kind of maybe less Pokemon based injuries happening to it that you used to seeing um, and perhaps something a little bit more critical with uh, with the Cyndaquil um, give me a follow up medicine check on it 16 okay so <clears throat> Um, and you're you're picking up the Cyndaquil, I said, right? Yeah. Or, or you said, I excuse said, me. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So as you're picking up the Cyndaquil and it's kind of whimpering, it almost rolls over and rele- uh, reveals on its side um, a pretty gnarly gash with just a little bit of green ooze coming out of it. And you look closely, and there's a bizarre piece of metal that's stuck in the side of the Cyndaquil. Uh, maybe. Maybe um, giving you the feeling that this is an unnatural thing happening to it and that needs to be resolved. Um, and from behind you, the action is still going on. Uh, Guy Lyle seems to be making a little bit of progress uh, and turns to you, we got one down, one more to go. How's it going? I don't don't know if it'd be a medicine check or a survival check, but like if I just want to see if I could figure out maybe what would happen if I remove this piece of metal you know i'll i'll let you decide which one you well, want they, to I do because I, th- I think they both, they both make wisdom. sense they both use wisdom and i'm proficient in both so i guess it really doesn't matter um i guess it would be how you want to uh maybe describe it but i i think both of them can be played in here so i'm gonna let you have a little bit of free reign on how that happens well i think medicine is just more of like you know actual healing stuff like a survival i think is is more of like if i remove this piece of metal from the Cyndaquil, like, will it actually survive? Uh, which I think is the route I want to go with, because I am mainly concerned about removing the metal and the Cyndaquil surviving, and then all of us being able to escape. So I'm okay. going to go with the survival check, which will be a 21. Um, the You feel very confident that removing that piece of metal is a bigger benefit than leaving it in. And I mean that in the sense that, like, you're not worried about pulling it out and then having, like, 
uh, just all of a sudden the syndical is like bleeding out right. on you instantaneously. So you feel like it's a it's a better decision to ha- to remove it than to leave it in and maybe patch around it or something like that. Uh, that is what I will do then. Uh, kind of re- reach down and as gently as possible, kind of actually not as gently as possible. Just remove it as fast as possible. Get it over with. Kind of rip off the band aid. Okay. Hope that that helps. Uh, yeah. So I, again. I think you can make an argument for survival or medicine here, so I'll let you make that choice and kind of uh, um, I'll tell you how it goes out and you can describe it to me. 14. Survival. You yank it out. You yank it out. A little bit of uh, kind of like green ooze kind of like just kind of like pumps out of the the wound hole. Um, the, The piece of metal might be worth keeping it has it has some yeah, interesting I'd... writing on it and it's certainly not like a piece of shrapnel well and there's like some of the green news on it right yep yeah so i, I want to keep that that way if we get to somebody who can maybe figure out what that green news is maybe can help better uh heal the cyndaquil no oh, that's uh that's great so you keep that the cyndaquil's better i'm gonna have you do one more medicine check um, to, uh, well, to kind of wrap it up, right? Like patch it up something to kind of have 22. A... Wow. Okay. So, uh, figure it out. You tell me how, how you, you sort this Cyndaquil out. Uh, so I kind of, kind of like kneeling there on the ground, Cyndaquil in front of me and you hit it. I hit it with the Mr. Miyagi <laughs> style, put the hands on it. <laughs> you know, as soon as Mortimer's hands hits the Cyndaquil, I uh, just, seems it's not obviously fully recovered or anything but it definitely feels more at ease it seems and uh not as scared uh yeah it kind of uh has a very a a warm feeling towards you now obviously for helping it um almost in all this rash of stuff you were doing trying to help the syndical you didn't notice that the 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 noise behind you of the ongoing battle had actually died down and now uh, Guy Lyle was Guy Lyle with his cloister are, are sitting about five feet away from you just kind of watching you work and um, Guy's like that's pretty impressive stuff have you always been able to take care of things like that I mean I I, I, I couldn't have helped that thing I mean I it's more of a, um, a learned thing. Um, my wife, Tilly, she uh, she was a nurse, and she helped me take care and patch up some of the guys from the mines whenever we would have accidents. That That's an awesome skill to have. That's an awesome skill to have. And that Cyndaquil is, uh, now, now that you made it feel better, it looks pretty feisty. And um, the Cyndaquil has actually rolled um, rolled out of your hands and is now on the ground. And uh, guy, guy just starts chuckling. He's like, oh, "It's got a lot of fight in that one." Um, why don't you give give it a shot? Try and catch it. Um, I, I mean, I, I guess I, all I got, I got these, I got two pokeballs. Um, oh, okay, and uh, pull out one of the the void pokeballs and just kind of uh roll it on the ground towards the Cyndaquil in a non-threatening manner. Um, the, the Cyndaquil looks at it and just like uses its, its uh, nose and rolls it back at you. And uh, <laughs> Guy Lyle laughs again. <laughs> looks like you're going to have to earn that one. And he goes, uh, he goes, why, why, why don't you give it the respect and have it face off for your, uh, for the right to, to catch it? 
And guy's like, I'll be waiting for you at the motorcycle. And he he walks back towards his motorcycle. Cloister return. And the cloister gets sucked back into the Pokeball. Uh, yeah, Mortimer picks up the void, uh, the, the, the Pokeball. And so am I supposed to, like, pull out Nosepass or Ghastly? You can do, so you guys have not, he's just said catch it. Um, and you, you kind of get the feeling that he's saying that without actually understanding what entails catching it. Um, <laughs> okay. Um, so we're have to, we're going to have to go with Mortimer's gut here. What does he think needs to happen? Um, I, I am not, you know what? Um, <laughs> Mortimer is just going to stand there with the Pokeball, right? Um, I'm going to b- bend over and kind of pick up the Cyndaquil and hold it under his one of his arms and then just start tapping it on the head very gently with the Pokeball. <laughs> Re- uh, return. Um, entry. En- entrada. I, um, I'm going to... You're going to have to, like, help me here. We're, we're going to be bestest of buds. Um, I... I uh, Jennifer really didn't help me with this very much. And he's just like sitting there like pushing the button on the, the ball while tapping the Cyndaquil on the head. Um, the Cyndaquil <laughs> like, like flares out its butt and kind of singes your arm. So you drop it. And uh, it's now it's just kind of bounding around and it's kind of like jogging forward and headbutting the side of your leg. Not hard. Like, it's not trying to completely take your knees out, but it's skipping along and just headbutting the side of your leg and then kind of, like, darting back almost like a dog would, like, playing with a toy, like, uh, and then running forward and, like, headbutting the side of your leg and then, like, backing off again. Uh, so when he, The next time that, you know, kind of he backs up a couple of feet, Mortimer also backs up a couple of feet and then kind of underhands the Pokeball at the Cyndaquil, uh, you know, aiming to try to you know, boop him on the nose kind of with it. I need you to roll to see if you catch the Cyndaquil because you're tossing the Pokeball at it, right. right? Give it a roll. Got a 17 plus 3, so a 20. Holy shit. Um, you underhanded at the Cyndaquil um, and it... It, it, uh, cause you were trying to like bounce it at it or like hit it with the ball. No, I was trying to like actually hit it with the ball this time because it didn't seem very receptive to, uh, you know, on the ground or whatever. So as you toss the ball, the Cyndaquil kind of, uh, uh, does like the anime, like happy eyes and actually jumps up and pecks the ball with its, uh, with its nose right on the button and it cracks open and sucks in the Cyndaquil. Um, and your watch lights up as it registers uh, the Cyndaquil that you just caught. Hey everybody, this is Joe, your June. Thanks for listening to episode 14 with Kirk and Brian. Hope you're enjoying it. Sorry that it's a little late, but here it is, and we'll hit you with episode 15 in about a week and a half. I want to give a special shout out to our master trainers, those that donate $10 or more a month on our Patreon. That's 
uh, patreon.com slash YMIA Tavern. You guys are awesome. 8-Bit Wizard, Adam Hoffling, Andre K., Ben Fisher, Brandon Galbraith, Brendan Endicott, Charles Hollow, Craig Spaulding, Cubicle Pirate, Dana Story, Darth Nate, Eric Mathis, Eilis the Friar, Fumbles O'Brien, Garrett Johnson, Grant Trickle, Holly Roxana, Jello Crew, Joe Prudhomme, Joey Balboa, John, John Dwyer, Joseph Vidimos, Joshua Harris, Caitlin Harvey, Kendall Brock, Chris Nelson, Liquor Locker, Lauren Rouse, Mark Albright, Mark Deacon, Matthew Watson, Max Bender, Nicholas Hedinger, Nokamis, Patrick Smith, Raver E. Alice, Rip the Cord, Robert Gregory, Rockin' R's Woodshop, Sam J. O. Melton, Spoopy Fondue, Strive for Honor, Super Average Jason, Takiera Mercado, Tarkin Davis, Team Finch, and Zach Gunther. Thank you all so, so much for your support for the show. Um, they get special perks. They get videos of the episodes on time and uh, a bunch of other stuff. Music from the show, little side things we do, um, some extra content. Um, and you start getting extra content at just a dollar a month. So if you're thinking about donating support in the show, go on to patreon.com slash Tavern. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you in a little bit over a week. Peace out. So you have caught a level three female Cyndaquil. Okay. Okay. And the nature is going to be energetic and it's starting attacks uh whenever i think it has five to choose from but these are the four that it has uh, as you catch it smoke screen tackle quick attack okay and ember ember okay okay cool so there you go you have a level three cyndaquil and its loyalty starts at a plus one so as you make your way back uh, to guy, he goes. <laughs> Seems like you figured it out, and he slaps you on the back. And uh, you see him uh, unha- unhitching all his stuff off the motorcycle, and he goes, "Uh, you're gonna have to leave this one here. We travel by water now." Uh, and he starts making his way to the southern end of uh, Fort Cinnabar, um, to get ready to kind of push off. Uh, Mortimer starts, you know, following, walking behind him. Is I, uh, I, I mean, okay, but I just want you to know that I cannot swim. So I hope there are life vests available. He, he, uh, guy puts his hands on his hips and like throws his head back. <laughs> Doesn't answer your question, but he <laughs> just just laughs heartily. Um. As uh, he he cracks open a Pokeball in his hand, and your watch fires up. Whalrin. Whalrin's two massively developed tusks can totally shatter blocks of ice weighing 10 tons with one blow. This Pokemon's thick coat of blubber insulates it from sub-zero temperatures. And uh, the Whalrin uh, is massive. Um, it's uh, it's almost uh, grandiose, like it's uh, the the oldest oldest whalerin that might be possible. It looks it looks like the, it's the Morty of whalerin, <laughs> and uh, it's it's just massive. Um, and guy says, "All right, hop on, we push off," and uh, he kind of uh, sits up front on the whalerin, um, 
and kind of beckons you to, to sit behind him um, as this whalerin is making its way kind of down the backside of Fort Cinnabar now that there's no fence there and uh, to kind of hop in the water. Um, yeah, so I would kind of, you know, climb up, get behind uh, Guy Lyle, and then, I, you know, it's one of the, it's, you know, like you're on the motorcycle where you get as close as I can and put my arms around his waist and, and kind of lean into his back for safety. Don't want to fall off. Um, that is a good enough grip, and uh, Guy feels very comfortable with uh, with your security, even though you don't have a life vest on. <laughs> Um, but you get a feeling, uh, you're not too sure what cloister is, but obviously this is a, a you know, a water confident, confident Pokemon. So that boosts your, uh, your confidence in it and, as well. Um, so you guys are on this whale run and you've, you've be- began your water, your, uh, your quest west from the island, um, and, and kind of taking you away from, from Kanto towards Johto. And, uh, you know, the, the silence for a while as you all are traveling and a uh, guy th- throws over his shoulder. You want to hear something wild I heard recently? I mean, I, uh, there's really nothing else for us to talk about. So something wild sounds great. I right, ca- catch this. So like hundreds of years ago, apparently there's a bunch of like poor people that were starting to to just bring tensions all throughout Kanto and Hoenn. Um, so, like, the region head of Johto... So you would know what a region head is, right? It's like yeah. the... Governor... It, it historically... Uh, right. So region head of Johto, this guy named Felix, uh, you know, was, was started started helping Kanto and Hoenn with this this class tension thing that was going on. But these class tensions were class tensions like between people and I guess Pokemon at the time. So there was like this huge riff between the five regions. And like some of them wanted Pokemon and some of them wanted like people to be more mo- to make more money, I guess. It's like I guess Pokemon were being used for some things where people could do that work. So people were clamoring to use people over Pokemon and it caused this huge riff throughout the class that had Pokemon versus the ones that didn't. And this essentially like broke out into a huge war. Have you heard about this? I, I, I mean, uh, nothing, nothing uh, like in depth. I mean, I'm, I, I've been a miner my whole life. I've spent my life underground. Um, where, where, where I came from was pretty poor. Uh, we didn't have Pokemons. I, uh, no, I, I don't think I, nothing, it doesn't sound familiar. Yeah, it, it's, it's brand, brand new to me. It's, it sounds made up. It sounds like it's out of a book. So this, so all these tensions between, the different regions and whether they wanted Pokemon or people or all this stuff ended up breaking out into this enormous war between all the regions. The Johto guy, Felix, he's the one that started Avarice. So now he's like the tech guy, but also like the 
the governor of Johto, the region head of Johto. And he's essentially funding through Avarice, like, this whole war. How, cr- like, that's ridiculous, right? I, I mean, that that is absolutely ridiculous. Anybody named Felix, always uh, bad, bad juju around those guys. Um, Horrible juju. That that is that that is very weird, um, but uh, not surprising. Coming coming from somebody named Felix, I uh, so did. Uh, I mean, I guess other regions also joined um, Felix to, to to maybe fight against the other regions. Like, how, or do you think that was his big enough to um, fight like the other four? The way I hear it, Canto. And Hoenn joined Felix because Felix was already helping them with the class tensions that they were having in the region. And the other two regions, Unova and Sinnoh, they they were kind of like the the other half of this war. So it was essentially like Felix leading the tech group and then like these people, I guess, fighting for Pokemon. I have, I like... I, it's it's even difficult for me to imagine because like that was that that Cyndaquil you just got that's the first wild Pokemon I've ever seen without a trainer. I there I had no idea there even was wild Pokemons. That's um I I hadn't even realized that 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 was what that was that that is definitely um, weird. I mean, I, I only know them by, like, people telling me they, like, they exist. Like, in the sense that they had to come from somewhere, I think. Like, that's that's kind of where, like, my understanding comes from. But this Felix guy, Avarice Felix, he leads and they just start, uh, you know, decimating these other two regions. But then, like... You think I? I mean, they—they they, maybe they was just rounding them all up, right? I mean, if that's—if that's—that's weird. If you—if you was one to gain power um, over the other regions, and he was just able to go out and kind of start collecting them, and then using them to, uh, you know, power things and do uh, all these tasks. I mean, it seems like they're more more powerful than you know an individual person so that that's uh that's that's kind of crazy i've spent i mean i i i i didn't even know pokemon uh really existed like for real um until kind of geneva uh picked me up so i i'm i'm at a loss I, Maury, I'm at a loss too. This is these. There's a bunch of rumors that started flying <clears throat> ever since the the trip. You guys, you know, the everybody knows about your all's mission to Fort Cinnabar now with the kid and the look, uh, the how he looks like uh, Calvin Avarice, who's the guy on the money. And I just, I don't even know anymore. I, I, this is none of the history I got growing up. I can tell you that. Um, just just to take it back for a second, um, guy, where where's June and Jimmy going? Where are we all like gonna meet up uh, somewhere? Or what? What? I'm confused because um, 
they're really like my, uh, I mean, I, I don't want to say friends, um, cause I'm, you know, old enough to be the dad. Um, but you know, they are my, uh, my group of acquaintances. I, I know we're all supposed to end up at the union, which is, uh, what the, the name we gave the Johto headquarters. We just wanted to split you all up to, to make sure if they intercept somebody that, uh, you know, we don't get the three people that have seen what's going on inside that power plant snuffed at the same time. We figure if we can get you to HQ separately but safely, then we've got a real chance of what our next plan is moving forward. That that definitely makes um, a lot of sense. We would definitely want to avoid us getting, um, you know, captured. Avoid, <laughs> I get it. And he, uh, he, he looks over his shoulder and he goes, I don't know, man. Those are just rumors, but that, that doesn't sound like anything I've ever heard. And it's really hard for me to believe. But at this point, Pokemon were hard for me to believe at one point in time, too. So I don't know anymore. I mean, did, when you were over here in this, did they say like how long ago this was? These are all these at this point. I don't even know. These are all stories and rumors that are flying around that were flying around uh, the Kanto HQ um, while you guys were on this power plant mission. Um, so, some of our folks tried to dig in and find more information through through Avarice, through uh, raising information from Avarice. So I think it's kind of one of those. Uh, one speck of truth leads to an enormous story. That's that's what I think, but I, I don't, like I said, I don't really know what's fully true anymore. I mean, well, maybe uh, when we get to our destination, we can, uh, we can have some talks with some of our acquaintances and see if uh, we can maybe piece some more information together because this, this sounds very interesting um, considering I'd never heard of it before. I've never heard of it either. Again, all all rumor mill run of the mouth. So maybe we can validate some of this stuff when we make it to the Union. And um, you guys press on through the night uh, on your uh, on the back of Whalerin, who's moving at a pretty good clip in the uh, in the water. So um, this obviously leads to the just a little descriptive descriptive fact. Obviously, the viaduct, the water has receded on the sides. Um, there's a trail of water from the south that kind of leads out to the big ocean, and then you guys cross that over to Johto. Um, Brian, in the last episode, 12, that we were all together, you did a little leveling up. Um, tell me uh, tell me what you went with there. Uh, so level four was an ability score improvement, I believe. And so for that one, I put one point into constitution. I don't, and then I think another one into charisma. Level five on the trainer path, I get pure heart which is you can touch a creature and restore any number of hit points from the pool. Uh, the pool's equal to five times my trainer level, so we're currently trainer level five, so it'll be 25. And then Nose Pass, a Chew, and Rick Gastly, I leveled both of them up to four. 
So the, again, to refresh everybody's memory, the way we did those levels, I gave them four levels to spread amongst their Pokemon. Um, the minimum you could put in was one. So they could either do three and one or two and two. And um, Rick Gasly was level three at that point. Achoo was level one. One into Gasly, three into Achoo. Just kind of balance them out. Keep them close. Uh, Cyndaquil's name is going to be Lopper. Cindy Lopper. Yeah. 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 <laughs> You didn't think I'd catch that one that quick, did you? I, you know, I was, I was wondering, but I think it's great that you guys name your Pokemon. Give them a little bit more character, you know. Well, Brian, you are level five. I know you got a little bit of an HP increase as well as uh, as a trainer. Yeah, um, HP so, went I mean, up to thirty six. Nice. And h- how do you feel about how do you feel about having a a, a fire type Pokemon? That's pretty big. You're you're the only one in the group with one. Um, I think it's hilarious that. Y- you gave me that base off of my Pokemon tier list, pretty much. Um, and then you basically shit on it and told me that Cyndaquil suck. I mean, it's true. <laughs> but. Uh, I think it's hilarious. It's going to be funny. Um, I, I don't know. I like it. I I was reading the description, and it's like, it's um, supposed to be a mouse. I'm like, I don't know. Is I look it? at it. Yeah. I thought it was when, an anteater. That's what I, I thought it was. That's what I thought it was. Um, but when I looked it up, I went to Bulbapedia or whatever. Right. Great resource. Um, and it's a fire mouse Pokemon. And I'm like, that's infinitely worse. Like if I knew if I had known it was a mouse on that tier ranking list, there's no way it would be like at the top of my list. I, I put it at the top because I thought it was an anteater. <laughs> <laughs> so I literally just found that out. I think that's hilarious. Uh, but I'm excited. It'll be fun. Uh, I still think it's funny that it like shits fire. It does. It does. That's great. And you got to help it shit more fire right. this episode. So congrats to you. <laughs> <laughs>